The Spanish announce table. 343rd time we have met for the Spanish announce table. Proper and hot damn. What a crazy week of professional wrestling uh, that we had. Tom, it, uh, we're going to get into all of it. It's, it was Tim, cool. there is way too much to talk about right now. We've got so much stuff. We've got AEW, of course. We've got some WWE fun stuff because I went to Monday Night Raw, which, uh, spoiler, wasn't great. Um, went, then we got some GCW to talk about again. Again, we had a, a friend of the show, Kevin Gill, on a couple weeks ago now we had gcw homecoming night one which was incredible night two was good too but i think the the highlight was night one the main event which we'll get into in a little bit but oh my goodness but before we get to all that tim we gotta get an update what is that coin looking like tom uh i'm -hmm. happy uh, to announce you can keep those high spirits because we are headed and you can jot this down if you need for further reference uh later future reference uh we are headed to the moon, baby! That MJF coin is up, 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 up 60% from last week. We're still down 71% overall. We're still, hey. we're still you know what I mean? Uh, but, look. hey, 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 you know, but look, look, 60% this week, that means we're back up, man. It's 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 going back up, and it's going where? Yeah. Where's to it the going? Moon. To the moon, baby. To the moon. We're going to be Tim. rich. MJF is going to make us rich. Yeah, and don't let the details get in the way of a good story. We're 60% up, okay? Don't fucking worry about all that other shit. 60%, 60% up. There you go. That's all you got to know. That's MJF, all I aim thank for. Thank you so much for and making any, this rich. I, yep. I aim to get 60% up. And yep, there it is. That's all you're going to get from all me. aspects of life. That's hey, all you're going to get from me. So, again, MJF, thank you so much for getting us rich. We appreciate you. Salute to you, my friend. MJF, uh, not only a great storyteller, as we'll discuss here in short order, uh, a man of the people, a man for the, for the working man. Salt of the earth, as some may say, some being himself. He calls himself salt of the earth. But hey. Hey, uh, before we get into that, I I want to announce we are drinking some beers. uh, And that's Mm -hmm. due to our beer sponsor of the week, uh, our goddamn selves. uh, Because nobody gave us any money. And you could give us some money and be the beer sponsor of the week if you head to SpanishAnnounceTable.net. But uh, nobody did that. So we had to do it our goddamn selves. And I mean, it is tasty beer. And we are great people. uh, But we would like to tell people how great you are. By donating to us and being the beer sponsor of the week. So, uh, uh, SpanishDownstable.net, donate us a beer's amount worth of money, and, <laughs> and we'll take it from there. Hey, so let's get into this uh, crazy week of pro wrestling, and let's kick it off with our favorite show, AEW, AEW Dynamite specifically, and let's kick it off with a pay-per-view quality match to start the show. We had a 10-man elimination tag team match between Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order taking on the Elite. Now, before we even get to the matches, mm-hmm. both crews here had special entrances. Yes. Now, one was tongue-in-cheek, which very much fit for who they are. And yes. another one was very pull on your heartstrings. Anyone can overcome the odds in hangman and dark order. So Tim, before we even get to your match thoughts, what did you think of these entrances? The entrances were great. So not only like what you mentioned, one was tongue in cheek and, and, and they are the goon squad and it's timely. And, and he says, in a, like Excalibur said in a great piece of corporate synergy, you know, like advertise mm-hmm. the damn movie. Even it's great because it also speaks to 
they take everything as a joke, right? Here's the Dark Order. They're trying, they're giving it everything they've got for their last shot at this, right? And everybody's behind them, and they're like literally for the for the you know the outcasts of of society. And here's here's the cool kids just making fun of everything, you know? Like mm-hmm. I loved all of it, and yes, that Hangman opening with the Dark Order, just. I, I wanted to be back there with a purple scarf and being like, I'm here, guys. I'm here to help. I'm ready to fight. I'm here for you. I found myself having so much fun right from the jump that I caught myself. And I kid you not, this is a shoot, when Hangman and the Dark Order got to the apron and then you had that second row of Dark Order on the floor and they all went with the Dark Order hand signal. Yeah. I also did it with them. I don't know why. I just got caught up in the moment, but I was like, and I was like, well, what am I doing? Like, I'm an adult in my own home, and here I am doing hand signals with pro wrestlers. But I did. But it that's what so... wrestling is. I mean, yeah, that's akin to the was... too sweet because it's something organic. Like, you felt it. You're like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm going to do it right well, here. And Hangman it... did his thing, whatever his thing. Does he do the horn? He does he this. Do? Oh, he does this. He does yeah, this. It's the guns up, right? Guns up. Guns yeah. up. So. Which was very cool because he still kept true to himself. Because I honestly thought as they lined up, I was is like, this, this is gonna it. Be... I was like, he's right, the leader. This... Right. I thought it was. Right. Yeah. But no, he still stayed true to his hangman cowboy persona. And then the rest of the Dark Order did their hand signal. Now, on the flip side, you had the Space Jam elite entrance. And again, corporate synergy. It's the TNT property. TNT is owned by Warner Brothers. Uh, Warner Brothers Media also owns HBO. HBO is who made Space Jam 2. So there's the whole corporate synergy tie-ins there. Side note, Space Jam 2, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I liked it. I'm sure it wasn't terrible. So let's get into this. We had an elimination tag. We won't go through how each person got eliminated, but let's just jump to the finish. We had the Elite, which was Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Three taking on the one cowboy himself, hashtag cowboy shit, hangman Adam Page. What did you think of the finish of this match? I I was shocked. I I mean I'm not necessarily shocked. I just really thought too easy, right? Like I, now I'm glad they didn't. We're gonna get more storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. as it happened, you know, I processed it pretty quickly, but because uh, I think you even I think you even floated the idea last week. Um, but I just, oh, I, it was so hot. And I've said, you got to strike while the iron's hot. And I think they will. I think we're getting there. I think it's going to be yeah. it all out. Hangman, right? Rides off his champ, white horse, you know, dark order leading the way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good. It's good for that, right? You know, what, what I thought was going to happen didn't. And that's a good swerve. And here we go. More story. Well, and what I liked about it is how it was set up. You, you had your champions look strong while you still had the contender look good. Because one thing that just defeats the whole best tag team in the division and heavyweight champion is if the three of them were to lose to one guy. That is classic WWE since the 80s where Hogan would be the one survivor. And I'm making all of this up, but it's the Hart Foundation and champion macho man and it's three on one and then hogan overcomes the odds john cena if you recall one of the dumbest matches in wwe history it was john cena and randy orton and i believe they beat 22 other wrestlers in one match it was like a gauntlet uh elimination tag match 
one of the dumber things in, in the world. They used to do that with Roman Reigns would overcome and all of that. So it was a good like, you know what? This isn't that place. This isn't superheroes every time you get a match where the uh, baby face is the underdog. This is a legitimate like, no, these three guys are really good. So they would make sense that they would beat this one wrestler. So I was very sad that Hangman lost. Got a little depressed, but again, I was excited that, hey, we got some more story to tell here. I do think they're not giving up on the Hangman versus Kenny Omega at All Out. I think that is where we're headed. I am interested, though, where we go with the tag team because I don't think that the Dark Order are going to get their shot at uh, the Young Bucks at All Out. So I'm curious to see what avenue that they take getting into one of their bigger shows of the year. So that's going to be interesting to see how the tag team division uh, folds out. But very excited, a little depressed, but hopeful for the future. Now after I that, Hangman, we go. God damn yeah, it, no, Hangman, right here, Hangman, guns, guns up. up. Well, you know, Gun, maybe, bottoms up and guns up, baby. Well, you know, maybe get a background check before you guns up. But anyhow, backstage we had Marvez yeah, talking down, to Buck. But anyway, right? Yeah, finger guns. We had up. Marvez. Finger guns all day. But we had Marvez talking to Pac. And Pac was saying, hey, Lucha Bros were supposed to be here. And isn't it coincidental that uh, they got stuck at the airport because their car got canceled? And as soon as he says that, we have Andrade with Chavo Guerrero going, hey, you can't take care of your friends. Don't worry. We got a limo and we got the uh, Lucha Bros being picked up. Uh, by us so it's on us Pac. don't you worry about it everything's good you know chill out and you could just tell the tension right there is just boiling to to some type of match we're gonna get andrade versus Pac, which sign me up especially as like an opener for an all-out pay-per-view oh so good so it was pretty good now as we move on we get back into the uh, ring and we have the Ricky Starks FTW celebration band all around. Taz looks like he was a DJ for a you know set at Mohick or something. Uh, DJ Taz, baby. Taz yeah, does whatever was... the fuck Taz wants to do. You gonna tell him no? No. No. Yeah. I'm not tell him nothing. Definitely not. Yeah, no. I'm tell him you sound great, DJ Taz. Yeah. Keep playing those tunes. <laughs> yeah. Play Freebird again. I'm I don't scratching give a shit. them. <laughs> no, records? he ain't scratching. He's playing all the. Yeah, it's all know. digital anyway. Yeah, days. get with it. Tony. Well, and he's he's playing all the old stuff. Anyhow, he's an old guy. He ain't playing new yeah, stuff. No. Hey, don't discredit DJ Taz. He's street. Yeah, maybe we'll see. He is street, but we'll see what he plays. Maybe you may in not the personally like it. You may be like, I don't give a fuck if you guys like it. You're gonna dance. You're not leaving until you fucking dance. And I'm playing Merle Haggard. I don't give a shit. Right. So <laughs> this segment a little bit ah. Uh, it felt like they had something in uh, mind, but yeah. then didn't have a finish in mind, and we didn't really get much. It was fine. Brian Cage comes out. He puts uh, someone in a uh, in a drum, and then he breaks the trombone. Little uh, tongue-in-cheek comment by Jim Ross where he says trombones aren't meant to be in pro wrestling. And then if you're following on the Twitter timeline, you get Xavier Woods uh, taking pictures with his trombones in the shower or wherever he was. So there's a little fun tongue-in-cheek there that they're having a little – back and forth with but yeah i don't know where we're going i mean i think we're gonna get brian cage versus ricky starks but what did you think of this segment um I, yeah i think you're right the story is that ricky starks did the swerve and he's now team taz brian cage is gone and so i feel like they they feel they've got to get through the obligatory i'm getting my revenge then the best way for this is 
Cage gets his match with Starks. He doesn't even want, like, they're like, you don't get the title. He's like, I don't give a shit. I just want to beat your ass. I don't want that stupid title. Beats his ass, is out, moves on to something else. And then they go around still being heels, and everybody's like, man, fuck these guys, right? And they're like, oh, fuck us, right? And then they, you know what I mean? It's just new, new person. Like, let's cut this clean. Let's let Cage get over and be out. Yeah. I think it could have been told a little bit better of, why they kicked out Brian Cage. You know, we do this a lot where it's Absolutely. like, we kicked out Brian Cage. Who cares? We're celebrating. And it's like, well, give us some reasons. What was the what was the beef? Is he arrogant in your opinion? Or, you know, whatever it is. Does I think he smell that would bad? Been a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Was Did he sliding he always... into your girl's DMs? Like, what's up? Yeah. I want to know a little bit more of the reasoning behind it. And hopefully we and get let it that. be a this dumb segment... reason. Let it be a reason that you would hate somebody for being mad at him. Be like, well, that means you beat him up? I'm like, that. Because yeah. he puts his milk in the bowl before a cereal, like just, just give us something, oh, anything. Yeah. Well, right. You I mean, your ass kicked right. Yeah, that's true. That's a bad example. Maybe that would work for a you know but, face tactic. But. Yeah, but I know what you mean. So again, Brian Cage uh, beats up the band and then chases off uh, Ricky Starks. Uh, after that, we had uh, commentary says that Tony Khan has opened the forbidden door and, and they introduce a video package where Tanahashi says, "Hey." I've won everything in New Japan, except for this IWGP US title. So you know what, motherfuckers? I got next. And that's fun, right? That's a big name in New Japan saying that they're going to go after a mid-card title, obviously the AEW tie-in. I thought that was cool. I thought for if you're a New Japan fan like myself, check it out right here, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, thought it was cool. But if you're an AEW fan... As we mentioned before a few times with AEW, you got to explain why he's such a big deal. You know, I, I get what he said there is I've won every title. So you kind of maybe put two and two together, but still a little bit more of who he's beat, how long he was champion, you know, things of that nature. I would have done just a little bit more for casual fans to understand who Tanahashi is. But after that, uh, you know, we go well, right let in. Me, let me jump in on that one. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I think they're taking the stance of like, we're going to be who we are. We're going to catch some casual fans, and you may have to be like, what the hell is Tanahashi? Or maybe you've heard the name, and now you're mm -hmm. going to get to see it. So I think they're just like, I think they're taking the stance of like, we don't have to overdo it. We're putting them on the stage. You'll figure it out, right? Even if you don't Google it, when you see them, you're going to be like, shit, I need to see more. Let's do it. I think that's the stance they're taking, and I guess, you know, hey. It's good. You know? It's good, but but it's hard for, for example, if- uh, I'm old, like, damn it. Well, not even that, but like I've been watching wrestling um, uh, a lot more with my brother-in-law, who only knows of John Cena and you know The Rock, right? Mm -hmm. And so, if he were to see that, two young like, upstarts there, well, like he would understand. Okay, maybe he's a big deal, but maybe you know, as they proved with the uh, entrances at the start of this match, they have some good production value. So maybe put together Tanahashi hitting a finisher on. Kenny Omega, you know what I mean? Have him showing, showing the audience that he's beat up some of these AEW guys and then cut the promo of I've held all the titles, but I haven't held this one. I thought that would have been a little bit better, but again, that's splitting hairs. Yeah. So let's get back into the, this is a spot where going to be completely honest with you. I didn't know what happened, but one of the best feuds in pro wrestling, in my opinion, FTR taking on Santana and Ortiz. This feels genuine. This feels gritty. It feels like it needs more time, to be honest, which is a tribute to how good they are because it's not like I'm exhausted by it. But we get FTR versus Santana has, Ortiz. I think it has, for me, 
yes, it's one of the best storylines in pro wrestling right now, but that's because I think if we're talking about the best storylines of pro wrestling right now, we're talking about you can probably count them on one hand, you know? Um, but it's still entertaining. So, but it right? is. I just think, like, for me, I'm like, they could be doing a lot better. We've talked about some of the missteps, some of the the kind of – I think they, they've relied on easy things. They're like, you talked about my kids. These are my kids. And it's like, okay, but, like, you know what I mean? The thing I remember most about any kid, like any kid storyline now, is like Brock Lesnar saying, "I don't give a shit about your kids," right? So like, God, that was great. you know what yeah. I mean? So now the bar is raised. You got to bring something more than just like, you know what I mean? It's it's yes, everybody can get behind it, but I feel like it's one that like everybody's told that story in their daily life, right? So like, I just I I, I, I think the match is going to be amazing, though. That's why I'm excited for this, and I'm excited for this kind of like stacking. I I feel like this has to be a win for Team LAX, whatever the fuck we're going to call them now, mm -hmm. right and powerful, because, like, they need it, right? I feel like FTR is made to the point in AEW for a while that they can do that, like, early, elite, hey, we're taking a back seat for a while, right? I feel like Santana and Ortiz have been taking that back seat. And I, I, you know, I, I'm hoping for them to get this victory, but we've got some time to get that. Well, answer. well, they don't. So yeah. FTR picks up the victory, but... Well, this feud ain't over, is it? I mean, like... Right, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we'll see when we can get this feud to get back on track because yeah. I haven't been paying attention. I, again, I don't know of the the breaking yeah. the kayfabe real injuries, but it looked like. Uh, well, that uh, may put a pause on it. So this match aside, I mean, what I'm referencing is like this. I, this didn't feel like it was the blow off, correct? Like you're you're with me on that, but. Mm. Well, maybe that's but the thing. Now I don't know that this because, happened, yeah. Now that this happened, that may put a monkey wrench in everything I was saying. Um, but if it doesn't, if he's hurt and needs a week or two and we, and we get there and work that in the storyline, I, you know what I mean? I feel like we need Santana and Ortiz to kind of be like, put them down and be that next hero up to be like, where's the goal? Right. right. And that's where I think whoever does come out, the victor needs to go right after, um, the young bucks. Yeah. And again, I think Santana Ortiz, Santana Ortiz has baby faces bucks? right oh, now. Yes. Yeah. Well, and if you recall, they made their entrance. Uh, sorry, but my dogs are so upset about this uh, Young Bucks thing. Um, but I think if um, you recall, Santana and Ortiz made their debut in AEW by beating up the Young Bucks. Yeah. So maybe we revisit yeah. that. But anyhow, there was no, an injury. Your, your during dog's this upset match. that you're mentioning the Young Bucks. That's not supposed to be said in your house. They understand That's that. True. They feel the tension. Like you, it comes across from you. When we start discussing yeah. the Young Bucks. Is somebody robbing your house? That's possible. Huh? That is possible. Yeah. Man. That's the new one, isn't it? Yeah, he's always upset about something. <laughs> I, I know uh, the feeling. But anyway, yeah, I yeah, hey. Hopefully FTR two that's FTR two, right? The one with the hair? Mm hmm Yeah. The buffer. The buff one. Not the not the fat one. Right. Yeah. 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 The guy who doesn't look like he's fifty, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The non-truck driver looking one. Yes. Kidding. I was kidding there. I know we have some truck drivers who listen. That was a joke. That was a joke. But he does look like he drives a truck. Either that or he's like the weight coach for a high school football team mm -hmm. in rural America somewhere, right? I can see that. Yep. Hey, so let's get let's get past Definitely that. Definitely has a motorcycle. Like yeah. We're being a little bit droning with this. So let's move on. So we had backstage Us? Tony Stravani. Never. Yeah. Uh, we had Tony Schiavone talking to Britt Baker, and Britt oh. Baker said, hey, 
she tapped Nyla Rose and broke her wrist. Look how good she is. And she needs someone to watch her back because uh, Rebel can't do it. So we need someone. So maybe we're getting some more muscle, which would be entertaining. We are, but who is it? I don't know that. But here's the point I want to make. Hey, lady, you're really entertaining. You're really good uh, with your promo skills. And you have some fun matches, but you can't stay healthy for like longer than six months. You're like the, uh, to use a basketball analogy, you're like the Derrick Rose of professional wrestling, where Derrick Rose, when healthy, is one of the best basketball players of all time. But Derrick Rose so, healthy is like a few and far full between. moon during noon. You yeah, know? I, <laughs> yeah. I, I really think... I remember when Steve Austin was like, hey, my knees were giving out. You know, I had to change my my ring style and, and all that kind of stuff or neck broken, all that kind of jazz. And he's like, so I turned to a brawler. And then he became the biggest fucking star of all time. Like, I, I've said this before. We named an episode title after it. Moves don't matter, right? So whatever mm-hmm. you're doing that breaks your wrist, I get, look, even Steve Austin could have broke his wrist. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing aside. But, like, we don't – these – and I, and I understand the ladies may have an idea that they, they've got to go a little step further, right, in in our patriarchal world, right? And and they may be right. But to me, I'm like, hey, listen, you fit 15 amazing spots. Give me seven. Save it for the next one. Draw it out. I, I understand now more in the last year what I always hated hearing Jim Ross say in his podcast of slow it down because I was like, dude, athletes are faster now. But I think what he's getting is like, it's the story is in the pauses, right? Like you've got to kind of linger for a moment and let everybody process for a second and get there. Right. And and not that this was too fast of a match or anything that led her to this position, but I I think, yes, Britt Baker, you've got too many things going to wind up hurt every time. And you know, that's easier said than done. I can't be like, Stop getting hurt, right? It could be freak accidents every time. But well, I just, it just uh, seems like a lot of freak accidents, right? Yeah. Sheeta kicks her in the face and breaks her nose. Then she rips her ACL, I believe, and that's why she's uh, in the wheelchair. And now she breaks her wrist. It's like, we haven't been doing this for that long, pal. I, I'm upset because yeah. these are like two of my favorites in all of wrestling is Rebel and, and yeah. Red Baker. And I'm like, gosh, um, dang it. I want them out there more. Um, and yeah, I'm interested to see who this third person, who's the third woman? Right. Well, why woman. do you why do you think it's a woman? True, it could be a man. They didn't even say a gender, did they? Oh, God bless America. He's already in a faction. But you know who would be so funny to be their muscle? Who? Pretty Peter Avalon. Oh, and that would be so funny. It would what be the it's... reverse of China with DX. Uh, what if it's Shivani? <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Now, yeah. in a wrist thing, maybe she can get in there and do. You know oh, yeah, I mean? that's not like a wrist, career but... ender, but yeah. Right. All right, so now let's get after the commercial break into some fun stuff. I need your feedback Hold on, I on want this. Shivani in like rolled up sleeves with like the diesel gloves, like he's coming for a fight, right? And he's he's almost got Stockholm Syndrome, like she's convinced him like he's got to be there to protect her. All right. He squares up like the Miz's dad at WrestleMania. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be funny. So now I need your feedback on this next okay. segment. We had Tony Shivani, which... Let's take a quick step uh, aside and get back to it. It was announced that goddamn Tony Khan was making this fucking announcement, and then Tony Schiavone just did. And I'm fine with Tony Schiavone making any announcement. Tony Schiavone can make any announcement because he's great at it. But if you say Tony Khan's making the fucking announcement, God bless America, get Tony, Tony Khan to say it. Yeah. yeah. I don't, th- th- just say that 
AEW has a big announcement, and then I'm not expecting. Or at to least see address Tony it. Be like Tony couldn't make it, although something. we saw him later in this. Anyway, yeah. So anyhow, Tony Schiavone introduces a special announcement for Rampage. He says the show will be at the United Center in Chicago. It's going to be We're called going, right? First Dance. The crowd instantly starts chanting CM Punk. They start showing crowd members chanting CM Punk, and all is good. Then we now, instantly hold on, hold on. Your point that you're trying to make there, I think, is lost on the on on something that you bring up a lot. Is that I don't think they have they're pre planned enough in their production department to be like show that because we want like they didn't think it through. They just showed the crowd chanting something. Ah, no, I think they had some plants. Mm. I think that was. Oh, something. I know they've got some plants. I mean, we'll get there later. But like, I, I'm surprised they actually did show the crowd. You would think they would have forgot it. Well, yeah, of, yeah, their production value again isn't top notch, but it's getting there. It's getting better. It's not getting. It's not horrible by any sense. It's not ring no, honor. It's not. But <laughs> they're, they're not good. They got lights. Uh, they got lights now. So hey, ring of honor has lights now, I'm and not. they have great talent. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying anything in the ring is bad. I'm just saying behind the camera is. Anyhow, so we get Tony Schiavone says Rampage. It's going to be called First Dance. It's going to be in the United Center First in dance. Chicago. Not the last dance. Now, Marvez goes backstage with Sting. Hold on. Okay. Let's get through it, and then I want to just deconstruct something with you before I get your feedback. Okay. So, Marvez is backstage with Sting and Darby Allen, and Marvez asks uh, Darby Allen, hey, first dance, what do you think? And Darby Allen's like, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, hey, if you want to be the best, you prove it in AEW, even if you think you're the best in the world. So quickly, before I get your feedback, let's just deconstruct that whole weirdness here. So we go from WCW legend, Tony Schiavone making an announcement. Then we go to Alex Marvez with evolved star. Cause that's really where he made his name. Yep. Darby Allen talking about or alluding to standing with WCW and WWE yeah, Hall of standing Famer with, <laughs> right. standing with WCW and pro wrestling Hall of Famer sting alluding to the fact of WWE icon CM Punk a year ago Tim if I told you that's a segment what does your brain do well I wouldn't do have thought even... it would be pulled off this well and I wouldn't have thought it would have been on its grandest stage right um well a year ago I mean you know AEW's been going at this a couple of years now i guess but yes um ah god that tone right there solidifies it that will be cm punk but what is the no. daniel bryan aspect of it nah no you know who it is it's uh. not it's not cm punk you know who it is what tim it's Braun Strowman. it is not Braun Strowman. <laughs> you keep saying that. you keep trying to make that a thing i think that would be now the listen if they thing. swerve let them come <laughs> out like funkasaurus and just be oh. like, oh, I didn't expect that. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the funniest thing. What would be funny is if they brought in a like a, a gimmick act. Like if they brought in um, who was in the Lucha House Party that just got Kalisto. Yeah. If they brought out Kalisto as like the best in the world, they're like, what the no. fuck? And then it, it so if Jericho more. wasn't doing his retirement tour here, more on that later, um, I would have thought it's Jericho because he's the best in the world at what I do, right? Well, hey, they had a match that went to a draw, so it definitely could still be Jericho. Again, we'll get into that in a little bit. Eh, We'll see. We don't know. We don't know. But then to blow your mind even more, 
about all that I talked about there, right? WCW legend Tony Schiavone talking about an announcement that goes into an Evolve star standing next to a WCW legend that's alluding to a WWE icon. Then we go right into the Bullet Club music, and then it's a New Japan Pro Wrestling match. What in, you know, I heard this uh, either on YouTube or I read it on a tweet or something like that. But it really feels like this is true, and I may have said this last week, but AW is becoming the Super Smash Bros of pro wrestling. It is. So I said I think they feel like they are the independent scene getting a big-time stage. And they may that seems to be how they're going. I think they're like, hey, we're a core company, but we are like touching and pulling in and being like, here, look, here, look. And to their credit, I've said this is what WWE always should have been. They could have done this with the network mm-hmm. to to they could have bought the entire professional wrestling world with their resources and stuff and just said like here we're gonna put you on the network what do we, I mean uh, you know anyway yeah you know just feature a few highlights and be like check them out over there on our network at whatever now you know AW's using it to just garner ratings traditional TV style and then of course online you know clicks and whatnot but hey uh, it's working and it's getting me exposure. To people that I've heard of and wanted to see more of, so man, Haku is amazing, and I, you know, oh. it, it's you know, I always like the multi generational wrestlers, right? I always want to give them a shot, like I always pull for them longer. Like I liked Hurt His Asshole, uh, Curtis you like Axel. Bro- uh, you like you know? Brock Anderson? Um, Brock well, Anderson's kid. Time will tell. Well, so if he comes out wrestling more and he's looking good, like I'm gonna like pull for that guy because of that history tie-in, right? Like when they pulled the NXT game show and they brought out. Uh, McGillicuddy, right? Curtis Axel, mm-hmm. and they brought out Ted DiBiase. And I was like, "This is awesome! I'd like to see both of these guys do well, right?" I don't know, yes. just because tied to childhood or whatever, right? Nostalgia, but um, so seeing uh, uh, Haku's kids, which, which Ross is correct. Every time we've ever heard any wrestler discuss who had been around, like who the actual toughest person in wrestling is, it's always Haku. Everybody always says Haku or Harley yeah. Race, maybe. Well, yeah. I've got sure, of course, it's urban that. legends, of course. Well, and it's also during a time period when Chuck Norris with a sidekick would make everyone pee their pants. You know what I mean? Like, let's not act like well, yeah, like really knew people him. weren't training a whole lot back then. So anybody well, who had any kind of fighting skills yeah. probably got over pretty easily. And, you know, being a bully made you a kind of folklore legend. Speaking of, if you want to learn how to uh, train and fight and you're in the Independence area. Right? Or is it Blue Springs? It's Blue Springs? Kansas City. But yeah, Blue Kansas Springs City. area. Yeah. All over the metro, you can, yes. But uh, your buddy, our friend of the show. Shark. Yeah, Shark Bait MMA Jiu Jitsu. Give him a little school. free plug, right? Yeah, He'll have to pay in the future, of course, but we'll give him a little pretty, you know, open a new yeah. school. Friend of the show, Shark Bait. Uh, so anyway, yeah. back to this. So we get into an IWGP United States title match. Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts against Haku's son, as you mentioned, the 11 foot uh, Hikalu. Nailed it. I don't know how to say his name, but he was a fucking tall bastard that man alive. I wanted to see more of this guy. Yes. Like again, Haku son and all of that. But if you just said, Hey, we have a mystery opponent for Lance Archer and this guy walked out, I'm going to look twice. I'll tell you what, one, this guy knows Only where twice, the weights though. is. Well, one, this guy knows where the weights are. Yeah. And two, he, I think he wins the award for uh, best getting off the bus award. You know what I mean? Like he, well, maybe Brian Cage, but this guy not a, is a close second. And this was a fun match. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it like set the world on fire. Obviously, we didn't lead the no. show with this match, but 
it, it was. It this was is good. a good again. Like this is a good first right out the gate first title defense. Um, next night or next week kind of thing for a guy like Lance Archer, whose entire demeanor and character is built around only a few people can actually handle this monster mm-hmm. and you're just going to get chewed up. Right. Yeah. And so this guy comes in, he can handle a little bit because he's a big bastard, but still gets chewed up in retrospect. Yeah. So Lance Archer uh, for the finish hits his blackout to get the victory. Then it's announced by Excalibur that Lance Archer is going to, go over to japan and take on tanahashi to defend his iwgp um uh, united states championship now i'm gonna go out a little of order here just because i think it ties in better but then john moxley later in the show has a promo and he's like hey watching the olympics it's so great here's my beef why the fuck are they over there and i can't get over there I'm pissed off. I wanted to beat that guy's ass when I was champion. Now Lance Archer just gets the chance to go over there. What the hell? And then he says something to the effect of, I'm the forbidden door, Tanahashi, and you're not going to like what's on the other side. Woo! John Moxley, all New Japan now. And this is, I think this is where AEW's working relationship with these organizations will work well because when you are, when you don't have anything to do for Moxley, I'm fine seeing him quickly backstage to promo something somewhere else. You know what I mean? Because then I'll be like, oh, I might check that thing out. Right? And then, you you know what I mean? More stars that you frequent in and out of there, that's going to share back and forth talent and whatnot. But, you know, it's not like Moxley faces a random guy and wins, you know, in three minutes because we had to get Moxley on TV. That's fine. Like, if you want to put him on TV because it's Moxley, great. And he's promo something else, that's way better than just he's got to beat up I don't know, won a private party this week. Like, I don't yeah. Know. Well, and I also think it's a great way with these titles, the IWGP uh, United States uh, title, and also the FTW championship to a little bit of a lesser effect, but still I think it accomplishes the same goal where you have a guy, where you have two guys in Ricky Starks and Lance Archer, and they're not having to really do anything with the AEW roster, but they look strong by proxy just because they're holding a title. So I think that's a good way of instead of just hot shotting them into a title feud, for example, Ricky Starks is having to take on Miro next week. And then that's just a lose, lose. Cause what do you do now? You can have Ricky Starks say, I have a title. And then Lance Archer is over here saying, I have a title. And just by process of association, they look stronger. They look more credible to when they do want to challenge for AEW championships it's more believable. So I like this idea of the synergy with other companies, but still having AW be the focus. Again, John Moxley calling out the New Japan company and the New Japan uh, Tanahashi wrestler is okay. Maybe not too many times, right? Like now it's been yeah, a couple I, months. I don't need it every week. I, well, I just want John Moxley to be, again, kind of like the Good Brothers. It's like, hey, remember who signs your checks? Let's talk about those people. You know, so anyhow, that's just a critique and it's very minor. I love everything that's going on. Now let's get into some fun WWE style pro wrestling storytelling here. Marvez again is backstage. He's just our backstage guy for everything. He's with Cody and Cody gets one word out and I'm, 
pretty sure he started laughing because I think Malachi maybe showed his dick or something and made him break before the kick to the face. But then Malachi kicks him right to the face. Did you catch that, by the way? No, I didn't catch that. I'm going to have to go back Cody and look. started. Yeah, Cody started to laugh a li- like half a second before he got kicked in the face. And I don't know what Malachi Black did. I, I don't know if it was one of these things. Or, but yeah. he made him crack yeah, just for right, a quick second. And then right. he got kicked in the face. He probably did show him a, a testicle or two. Um, yeah, look, this was probably this was the best spot they've done with malachi black but what i'm gonna say is this is the exact same spot they've done with malachi black every fucking time mm-hmm. he spin kicked a couple guys and stared menacingly for the fourth well, fucking st- week in a row or whatever it is now remember we talked yeah. about sting in the snow it's malachi mm-hmm. black and his fucking spin kick like i get it you're fucking van damme of 2021 with two things I'll eye. say though. Well, two things I'll say with that is one, yeah, the weird eye. The eye is getting worse, which means <laughs> it could be some character trait, right? Like the darker he gets, the worse the eye gets. And second, if you caught it, it wasn't mic'd, but he said, Welcome to the House of Black. So maybe we're gonna get some type of I don't know if exactly it's an apples apple comparison, but maybe some type of Firefly Funhouse for Malachi Black, you know? I don't know. Uh, that was just a thought of mine. But uh, yeah, I Fuego agree with del Sol though, sold that. Like kick, looked like he killed him. Oh, and I tell you what, Fuego yeah, del Sol, I've called to the ring. By the way, uh, you NWL. have, yeah, NWL. Hey. He was there. He was there as Fuego del Sol. Uh, we called him to the ring. He uh, came up and, and gave me one of these on me to fuck with me. You know what I mean? And I maintained my professionalism and fucking kept announcing. Look at that. Yeah, Fuego del Sol. I think he gave me one of these. Get... The, the little right, like right by my ear and stuff. Right. He was trying to, you know what I mean? Be all all freaking deaky. Fuego del Sol. Well, let's try to get him on the show. Maybe he'll remember that uh, memory. Mm, yeah. Possibly. Yeah. yeah, he looked like he killed him. God damn, look like he broke his neck. Well, it looked it like breaking, breaking kayfabe for a second. Maybe that uh, he had a contract on the line. And if he didn't sell this right, he wasn't going to get a contract to AEW. He's like, look, I'll get, like him the best, <laughs> yeah, I'll get him over. Yeah, it looked like the best spot of the night. I mean, he sold that better than anyone did in any match. So, uh, yeah, next week we'll get Malachi Black versus Cody. I don't know if this is going to be the start of something or the blow off. I kind of hope it's just the blow off. I hope it's the one match. Cody has to go find himself. Look, something I'm here for it. I'm ready to like this Malachi black character. I need a story though. This is not a story. This is just like, okay, but why again? Mm -hmm. Right again? Why? 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 And, why can't be explained after you have the match and you beat him? I need to have it now. So mm-hmm. mm, I don't know. Yeah, I hope this is over and we move on and we get something like a Firefly Funhouse. Again, I think yeah, Malachi I- Black's a guy that you've got to check, though. I think he may be a genius of a storyteller for people who like his exact niche. But if you want to expand that, you need somebody to kind of like, hey, let's maybe do this instead of that and we'll win a Emmy, right? Possibly. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm intrigued to see what he does next. I do think if we're making an early prediction, I think Malachi Black does win for two reasons. One, I think they're AW that is, is in the um, got to look strong coming right out of the gate kind of crew. And then two, if you've been paying attention to the the um, TV ads and things of that nature, the Go Big Show season two is coming up, so Cody has to be a judge on that, so I could see him losing this to then go do that. Have you, Tom, watched 
any kind of mainstream regular cable television or network television game show in the last few years. And not to say that oh. nobody's watching them. I want to know if you personally have. Oh, I watched the first couple episodes. And if here's right. the thing with not regularly, yeah. but have you seen one lately? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've watched a few lately because my wife will be watching something on I'll like catch something like game shows are weird now. I feel like yeah. I, they're really like I just love the dialogue. I just is, love this whole crew. The dialogue yeah. feels very weird. I don't yeah. know. I haven't watched well, this particular one, the Go Big Show. Oh, but like so Yeah. I watch the Go Big Show because I like all the people. So Snoop Dogg is Snoop Dogg and he's fine and everyone's favorite uncle. You know what you're getting. Cody yeah, Cody is fine. Uh, the little country singer girl is is cool. Rosario Dawson, which one I think, is that? Really fun. I don't know her name. It's this skinny girl. But the host is Burt Kreischer, and Burt Kreischer is the fun. And then you get the weirdness of guys hanging, you know, a car off their nipples or whatever the fuck it is, and it's fun. It's forgettable after an hour, but it's it's good. It's better than The Bachelor. You know what I mean? So like, it's it's passable. So. My whole point there is I think Cody's going to go film that breaking kayfabe brisket. So Malachi black will get the black mass on him. And then, but then that's the thing. Where does he go from there? Dustin Rhodes? Because that's if you do that, well, Brody Lee did that. It could be anybody. I mean, it could really be anybody. If he beats Dustin or, you know, fuck Cody and we just move on. He could do anything. If you're right, if we're doing like the house of black or whatever he wants to do and be his weird ass character. I just, I don't want it to be anybody in that fucking nightmare family. Is that what they call that? Thing? Right. The nightmare family. Mm-hmm. Nightmare factory. Nightmare factory. Right. Yeah. Because then the factory, the factory. is uh, cutie. Oh, damn it. Oh, fuck. We were supposed to. Wow. We're 30 minutes. Late. God nah, damn it. We'll just cutie. Has he been yeah. on hold this whole time? I will to We'll Let him know. Be like, sorry, dude. Yeah, we'll Tim's still a huge fan. We appreciate your your assistance yeah. or your 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 you know help or whatever. You know, just be nice to him. Text him. Tell him we'll get him yeah. on next week. Sorry, cutie. Shit, we're live. Cutie. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, we'll get, Can we we'll run get that back. No, we're yeah, live. Pal. Let's go live. <laughs> we're live, live. I actually think you know what would be fun if I had the pencil here for just a quick moment with Malachi Black. So I think he'll beat Cody, right? Let's have him. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you uh, Damn it! You should have brought a pencil, Tom. Come on. Hey, yeah. if you're not watching the YouTube, if you're only listening to the podcast, you're missing more than half the fun. Yeah, it is so much fun on here. I tell you what, there's so many visual jokes that you're missing out on. So join us on the YouTube channel. Uh, but. What I was going to say is I think what would be fun if I, again, had the creative control over Malachi Black's character. One thing that I think needs to happen more in wrestling is when you have a bunch of weirdos, we need to have a hierarchy of who the fucking head weirdo is. And so I think right after he gets done with Cody, his next match should be with Dr. Luther. And then after Dr. Luther, we're going with abaddon's boyfriend or you know what i mean just get all the weirdos lined up and have him take out all of those motherfuckers to where we all understand hey there's a weird sideshow over here of voodoos and witches and stuff but the king of this whole group is malachi black to where then let's say the dark order gets done with their elite stuff and then the dark order starts to get influenced by malachi black but you need to have him establish himself as king weirdo 
And so I think that would be a fun thing. That's what I would do with Malachi. Yeah, Black. the whole Dark Order know. thing. I, I wonder at some point, like I know for the foreseeable future, I don't think they anoint anybody, the new leader of the Dark Order, just out of the whole Brody Lee thing, right? I think they don't well, want to like take away from that. But at some point, if we get five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years down the road, nobody remembers. You know what I mean? Like as sad as that is to say, and I don't mean no, to be I know what you're or, saying, but crass. But at some point, like, and, and maybe they're not still a thing in ten years, but the iron could be hot at some point to actually go dark, to actually have a leader, and I I don't know who better that you're going to have that has that history than a guy like Malachi Black. See, but that's this is where again I, I like when we have these fun conversations. This is when again that's very easy, right? Malachi Black's weird. They're weird. Let's They're put weird them together. <laughs> but what I think you do is again you have Malachi Black beat up um the dr luther's there's another guy on dark too that's kind of like the devil i can't remember his name off the top of my head but beat up him and beat up all these weirdos you know and then malachi black just assumes hey i'm leading you guys you're the dark order i'm the king of darkness or whatever the fuck we want to call that right the house of black yeah but they're just so dungeons like, and dragons nerds and they're like oh, well dude. but like welcome to my house like you now will serve me and then that's when we go like, no, there's strength in numbers. We learned from Hangman that we can do this on our own. And they overcome the big bad devil to just be like you said, what a, hey, we like to dabble in that shit, but we're not going to hurt anyone. Dark order, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what I think right. they should do. Yeah. That would be fun. It's like cosplay, dude. Yeah. Right. Like, what the fuck? We don't really put, you know, spells on people. Bro. Yeah. Get out of here. Bro. We're equal opportunities. <laughs> I just moved three spaces to the right because of this Dungeons and Dragons fucking card. Yeah. I think I actually care about that fucking spells. Get out of here. Hey, Tim, let's keep it moving. Two things inspire me. I don't know if they inspire you, but they inspire me. One is a vengeful God and two is a double jointed wife. Good <laughs> God, Miro is awesome. Is Miro yeah, said, not the oh, best? Two things uh, motivate me in life. A vengeful Motivate. God. I said it's inspiring. And yeah. a double jointed wife. God Good. damn it. God damn it. I'm stealing that because I know who's not and, a wrestling fan and I'm going to use that. <laughs> and the Redeemer, he, yeah. he has built a nickname with no in ring action. Now, obviously, yeah. he's taken out Lance Archer and he's taken out, you know, Darby Allen in the past to get the title, things like that. Yeah. But he is now the Redeemer. And we just are like, yeah, no, no, no. That, yeah, totally makes sense. Because he's this like weird pseudo i'm called by god to be a greater force to kill all you people and yeah. that's fucking it's cool, perfect man. and i mean it's kind of we're spinning our wheels right now but it's perfect because he's gonna take a few more on and he's just gonna destroy people and somebody we don't even know who it is yet i feel like but when somebody's hot marry the two rusev will put mm -hmm. them over they'll get a big victory they'll be the new tnt champion and rusev oh but is i not tell you get what hurt. but it's gonna yeah, be a while i mean it's gonna be a while down the road Oh, it's definitely uh, going to continue to next week because next week he takes on Lee Johnson. Let's do a, one of these for Lee Johnson. Your fucking ass is going to be hurt Lee for Johnson a while, Johnson is pal. practicing cells all week. Oh, yeah. wait. How do I look like I broke my neck and not actually break my neck? Mm, I tell you what. But I'm excited to see Miro back in the ring. He is so much fun. I hope as soon as he gets this victory over Lee Johnson, we put a microphone back into his face and cut a promo. More promos from Miro. That is what I'm all about. Now, the next match. This, in my opinion, 
is where I would have put it before the main event because psst, no one fucking cares about it anymore. It is Private Party and uh, Slender Man versus Jurassic Express. I don't know if that guy's name is Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. And this was good. This was serviceable. Again. Who the fuck was? <laughs> Forgive me. I don't know. I the dancing one. Angelico, is that his name? Yes, Angelico. There it is. This guy that always fucking looks like Slender yeah, Man. Fucking... He does the yeah, John oh, Boxy with a little extra arm movement, right? <laughs> yeah. Fucking weirdo. And I like him. He's fine. I'm just Hey look, don't thing. get me wrong. I enjoy some of the thing, same things that Angelico enjoys. Yeah. Just clearly not to the same amount. <laughs> yeah, you, you just have a different... Uh, it's clearly not to the same you amount. You have a different wavelength. Right. You know? yeah. 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 I'm clearly doing way less. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, with this match, it was good in the sense of for the live crowd. As we talked about, this was in North Carolina... One of the Carolina legends is Matt Hardy, right? So you got to have Matt Hardy in front of the crowd. You're checking all the boxes. You still get uh, Jungle Boy out there looking like Jungle Boy. We get to sing his song. So, again, you're checking all the boxes, but no one really cared. And this is where, you know, the ebbs and flows of a show. This is what you do right before the main event because let's just get to it. Jurassic Express and Christian Cage win the match. It was fine. You had uh, Marco Stunt run up and lose a shoe, which was a great, uh, you know, improv moment there like that. But, okay, and then I also forgot this in my notes. Uh, then the Blade comes out and knocks out Christian Cage. and was like, no one touches Matt Hardy, so we're going to get the Blade versus uh, Christian Cage next week. That's fine. But what I was going to say is the women's match, as always, it seems like, was right before the main event. And side note, and I don't know if they knew this, but side note, North Carolina is in love with Thunder Rosa. Yeah. I think she had one of the loudest pops of the night. That is where you put that match, and you put this six-man tag right yeah, before the main Yeah, this was a lull event. because of the two. Yeah. And again, like I just, it, yeah, I don't know, man, I I really like Christian Cage, just his old career, his demeanor, the 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 person we hear he is right like so i i i was more excited than what we've i feel we've gotten but of course i think his real value is going to be that behind the scenes thing so yeah and everything that he's doing is fun and fine and if he can do another match uh with the blade like he's done with the other guys where he has to pull it out in the ninth inning to get the victory then and anytime more power to him. we get the jungle boy entrance song that's what I'm saying. It checked all the boxes as far as like, hey, this is all fun, right? Yep, but this is the down, again, of the ebbs and flows. This was the down before you get to the main event. But before we get there, uh, let's talk about that standard women's match before the main event. It was Julia Hart taking on Thunder Rosa. Now, the news with Thunder Rosa is she is 100% all elite. She is with AEW. What do you think about that move? I like – look, I, I thought AEW didn't matter. I thought you could just be on AEW whether you were all-time AEW or not. Um, so I don't know if that's going to help or hurt her career. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, seeing more Thunder Rust is okay. You know, I just – her biggest spots have come, like, against Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I just don't – I mean, she could challenge for some titles, right? So, eh. 
Like, and I, well, so, I, I, look, she's clearly one of the best. I love Thunder Rosa, and again, the matches are always intense. Same way I feel about, um, uh, gosh, why am I drawing a blank now? The one we talk about all the time that makes everything feel real. Um, uh, the female wrestler. Uh, it'll come to me. Whatever. Uh, you know, you get in this match, and you're just like, this is great. I, I like this. So, yeah, great. Um, I just don't know. Like, to me, I was like, she felt like I already saw her as many times as I saw any other woman on the on the roster. So when they're like, full-time AEW, I'm like, okay, nothing will change. I'll still see her. Well, but route. I think it does. And this is what I think it means, is we can now possibly give her the title. Because as much as we've done this, AEW is going to all these other promotions, fun stuff. No one from an outside promotion has yet to win the AEW championship. So by Thunder Rosa being a full-time all-elite wrestler, I think when we get that lights out two match, we're gonna have possibly Thunder Rosa taking the belt. So that's so, why I think it's important. Fact checked. It's Serena Deeb. I was discussing. Oh, Serena yes. Deeb throws your fucking knee into the ground. Yeah. Oh, she's she needs to be all elite. Because that's another person. She is. She's where, on the women's roster, according to the Wikipedia, at least. But isn't she the NWA Women's Champion? Is she right now still the NWA Women's Champion? I don't know. I don't watch the uh, NWA Power enough. I, yeah, I know. Or at all. Yeah, I've I've caught it a couple of times. I've caught it a couple of times. But, I just don't watch it regularly enough yeah. to tell you anything. Yeah, I don't got enough time. I'm a busy guy. How are you? Yeah. You are. But Thunder Rosa being all elite makes me think that we could possibly see her be the one that dethrones Britt Baker when we want you know, to we don't switch have, the title. We've got a whole lot of factions in AEW, but I'm not recalling a woman's faction. So, somewhat, right? We kind of did with Nyla Rose and kinda. Vicky Guerrero. But let's get like yeah, a but, named faction. Yeah, that's true. Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. I, who's she going to lead? Oh, who's Thunder Rosa going to lead? Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 one that's left from the uh, women's tag team tournament victory, not Ivelisse, but uh, the other one, Diamante. Yes. So you do Thunder Rosa, Diamante. Then you got to throw in. See, this is what I would do. Look, let, let's uh, T Mac story time. Well, let's let's get something. I've talked about it before, but let's talk about it again. This fucking high school or college gimmick with the Varsity Blondes and Julia Hart, fuck that shit. So what you do is you get some some hard bitches, right? Thunder Rosa, Diamante, and you turn little blonde, blue-eyed, everything is great, Julia Hart into like a, into yeah, try me, Nick motherfucker. Of, of... <laughs> well, you turn her into the like... Oh, you know who the craziest one of all of us is? That one. And it's the, hey, guys, what's up? And it's like, I'm going to fuck you so up. So kind of that and Alexa then, Bliss, like, like on, well, the, the, on like, the front, I'm, like, prior yeah. to going full crazy. The like right. On the front, I'm, oh, yeah, who's a better? Mm, well, yeah. like, Nikki Cross. Like, you do the Nikki Cross from Sanity, where it's like, you got all these hard girls here, but the crazy one who's going to jump into a men's ladder match is Julia Hart. You guys better fucking watch out, but she doesn't aesthetically look like that. So I would make those three a faction. I don't know what we're going to call them. Maybe Rolling Thunder if you don't have that trademarked by Rob Van Dam. Something like that. And then that's your faction. Diamante, Thunder Rosa, Julia Hart. Let's Thunder get rid clap. Of Ooh. Mega clap. 
Anyhow. Um, she's still doing the cheerleader gimmick, but then, like, all of a sudden, she just fucking flees. You know what I mean? So she's thunderclap now. Cheerleader well, gimmick's got to go. Yeah. Like, she she flirts with the, the, the cheerleader thing, but she's not in the getup, right? She's right. not a cheerleader, but she kind of flirts with the, like, you know. It would be stuff. different if they went with, like, like cheerleading. Like, competition-level cheerleading is intense fucking shit, right? But when they no. do the high school pom-poms fucking, you know, if they did, like, that's her background, and, you know what I mean? Like you said, she, she flirted with that occasionally, but, yeah. No. The no high okay. school pom-pom short skirt. Is that still happening in 2021 where they wear the, like, borderline too short skirt? For I don't fucking know. Yeah. Here's the thing: they didn't. Two reasons why they don't need to do it. One, it's for fucking kids, and you're not a kid, so stop acting like the old guys at prom. And two, we're That's not 1990s wrestling where we all have occupations, right? Like I get that Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, is a dentist, but the thing is, is she's a legit dentist, and I get that she was a yeah. Julia Hart, a legit varsity. Well, we don't one, all reckon whatever. Like we don't all. Um... We don't all like connect with that because we have jobs that are like just office jobs, and right. you know what I mean. Like they could they could fit a different name in any different company and doing largely the same thing, right? It's all technical, blah blah something, right? Like yeah, something manager or representative or fucking, right. you know what I mean? So yeah, they can't do that, right? They can't do customer support specialist wrestler, right? So we're not gonna. Was that, did I get it? Did I nail it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna data clear specialist. cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna clear cash and then clear your face with my right fist. Right. Let me get that keyboard control, across your lip, motherfucker. Yeah, control alt delete your life. Now let's talk yeah. about the main yeah. event. Boy, you just forgot to sign out of your fucking VPN over the weekend, bitch. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Now let's get into it. All right, we talked about the John Moxley uh, promo already. That was fine. That was good. Excited for that. The Five Labors of Jericho, Chapter 2. If you recall, Chapter 1 was a charismatic... And the fifth labor is MJF, right? So there's only... Right? He's got to get through four to get to MJF. And the fifth is him. Yes. Right. And we know who the third is, so there's only one mystery left. But anyway, back to this. Yes. So if you recall, the first labor of Jericho was a chairs match with Sean Spears, the chairman, where... Uh, Sean Spears could use a chair. Chris Jericho cannot. Sammy Guevara gets involved to help out Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho gets the victory. Fuck all that shit. No more inner circle in this bitch. You guys can't come to the ring. Second chapter is a no rules match with the god of this shit. MDK. East Block. Free my boy 2-6. Nick motherfucking Gage. MDK. All fucking day i ordered a t-shirt as soon as he walked out as i was talking about earlier in the night when dark order came out and found myself just fucking doing the hand signal i had so much fun with this fucking show that as soon as mdk walked out with this fucking pizza cutter i went to mdkallday.com got a large in the original throwback mdk shirt it's on shipped already i cannot wait to wear it i'm fucking mdk gang fucking day I'm looking he at the shirt right now, and I might get it. Oh, oh, oh he's man. the best. He's the best. Right here, motherfuckers. See, if you're on YouTube, you're actually seeing that. Uh, but he took on the Painmaker version of Chris Jericho. Now, uh, 
I love this. This was so much fun. Tim, what did you think, though, of this death match on TNT television? Uh, Look, I thought they went about as far as they were going to go on AW, which I thought would go a little bit farther than most, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just to give it a little sprinkle. So there was glass. There was the pizza cutter was a touch. Maybe if you would have asked me going in, I wouldn't have thought like, yeah, sure, they'll do the pizza cutter. I thought maybe they wouldn't do that, right? But I thought for sure glass and light tubes. Uh, the pizza cutter, and then, of course, the blow-up from the Domino's picture-in-picture commercial lives on. I just sent it to you. Barstool Sports picked it up and put it in a tweet. Uh, uh, well, you know who's not happy about that, I read on Twitter. Who's Domino's? Domino's isn't happy. Which fucking lean into it, asshole? Well, listen, there's no way they could have known, right? They couldn't have known the timing that he was going to bust out a pizza cutter and fucking and- cut You know, And what are they supposed to do, stop the commercial all of a sudden? They can't do that. Well, we and, know how that works. They can't do that. Yeah, but and then also, is Domino's not just going to have some fucking fun? You know what I mean? I guaranteed, guaranteed you're going to get more wrestling fans ordering Domino's pizza over the time. That's how it right. works because you don't even think about it. It's like a fucking subliminal thing. Well, That's why they pay for commercials. A, no, yeah, well, controversy creates cash. Get Eric Bischoff well, on even, the phone. Well, not even that. My point is you're going to get the pro wrestling fans that think it's a funny thing to order Domino's because Domino's is going to be the death match yeah. pizza. They should but, include a but, pizza cutter. Like, well, when- what, I'm, well, what I'm saying, though, is the mom in Wisconsin isn't going to fucking know about this. This isn't hitting her radar. The only people that are going to see this are wrestling fans. So Domino's. You're only making it a bigger deal by saying, we don't support this. Shut the fuck up. Uh, by the way, I'm checking out that MDKAllDay.com, looking at the shirt, and I want to run through it. You know, it's got like it's got the shirt. It says MDK Classic Logo T. gives you the price. You can select the size. You can add to your cart. And then it gives a few bullet points and says, screen printed, in Los- <laughs> screen, printed, screen printed in Los Angeles, California, 100% cotton. Soft as fuck. <laughs> I love it. That, I've got that to buy was the shirt. selling part. That's yeah, it. That I'm was the selling word. Yeah. Right there. That was like, <laughs> of course I'm getting this shirt. Yes. Fucking love this match. I liked, what I liked about it is, and we're going to get into GCW Homecoming Night 1 in just a moment here, but what I liked about this was it was an appetizer for deathmatch wrestling where you did get the pizza cutter, but you know how long you got the pizza cutter? Maybe seven seconds eight seconds it wasn't this deep long out you know i'm grinding his head when you got the shift of uh from the light tube from nick gage i know that they went hard i know that but nick gage took care of chris jericho in so many different aspects one of which being that shiv where he put his hand yeah his his, his the side of his hand was hitting jericho look he even forehead. did that and we're going to talk shiv. about another match over this weekend with Nick Gage. he even yeah. did that uh, in that match like he he took not, care of these guys yes look you're going to get bloody you're going to get stabbed you're going to get cut but he did not ever put these guys in more danger than they were already willing to put themselves in it appears yeah i think most of the blood came from chris jericho blading himself which he's done a million times because he came up through the 90s and early 2000s which he did that in every single match it felt like so that was nothing new to him and i think all of those spots with the pizza cutter and all of that was either really quick or protected where it's the side of the hand hitting his head, not the actual light tube. Now the light tube things he had to take, there's no faking that, but this is again where I will bring up 
This is the second instance where we had, how long were they at Daly's Place? 16 months? Yeah, 18 months? Like yeah. You had 18 months to have all the fun stuff with no fans, and now you've done two shows where the first show, Nick Gage is throwing thumbtacks just at the crowd. Now, it's supposed to hit Eddie Kingston, but most of them didn't. And then you have light tubes just getting exploded on Jericho's head, and they showed the crowd got hit with some of the glass. It's like, guys, timing, not the best, <laughs> but still fun. Love it. Yeah. Um, whew, what a match. Uh, uh, Nick Gage is, is intense character is really all I have to say about that. Like I love it. Yeah. I love him. I love him. I love his inspirational videos. If you've never seen him on Twitter where he talks in favor of trans rights, because trans rights are human rights. Yep. I like that. He's about his fucking friends. He's loyal. He's about this shit. He's a great genuine dude. And guess what? If you cross him, he's going to fucking hurt you really bad. Because that's what you deserve. Yeah. Fucking Nick and Gage. And we're going to talk more about Nick Gage. Stick with us if you're watching live or if you're you know, listening later on the podcast or watching later. Um, Nick Gage. We're going to talk about Nick Gage. And people love them. Some Nick Gage. And, oh. Mm. But let's get to the end of this match. So, match ends with the Judas Effect, which I like that the Judas Effect is becoming Chris Jericho's one-winged angel. Where with Kenny Omega, only one person, which... John Moxley kicked out, but one person has I kicked out of it because he misses it every fucking time. Anyway. Well, it has to be safe because or, or you're <laughs> he breaking the goddamn thing. He yeah, didn't hit it. he did not hit the this fucking. One he did. Yeah, yeah, this one he did. <laughs> right, but it's still again they don't get take twos. He would probably yeah. do it if they you know had it. So again, suspend your disbelief for just a little bit. Um, but no one's kicked out of the Judas effect. Neither does Nick Gage. Nick Gage loses. Chris Jericho gets his victory just as it was last week. Uh, MJF says, fuck that shit. You don't get to celebrate. We're going right into chapter three. Chapter three is going to be a blast from your past from the WCW cruiserweight division returning to TNT television. Hooventut Guerrera. Now, what do you think of this? So much to unwrap here. My mind went deep, and I'm going to cover it here. But also, before we get into that, MJF was on commentary for that match we were just discussing, and he's great. The best. And I love how he was like, at one point, like, Gage is bringing out the light tubes. He's like, what? It's legal. He's like, what's wrong with you, JR? It's legal. What do you care? And then, like, the very next thing, Jericho's hitting him with a bat. He's like, well, this is just cheating, right? Like, this is just... (laughs) (laughs) He's like, come on, everybody can see that. This is cheating. (laughs) Love him. Yeah. Uh, MJF is my favorite. All right. Yeah. So, Juventud Guerrero. This is where I started thinking, oh, shit. I think we're watching the Jericho retirement tour. Because why would he bring in his greatest rival of all time, or whoever he considers one of his greatest rivals of all time, in an otherwise story where we're not going to care? Like, I mean, yes, we have a little bit of like, ah, Hoovy, But nobody was ever like, Hoovy was my fucking guy of guys, right? Yeah. Like, Yeah, right. Yeah. So, it really doesn't advance this idea that like, He's also like a, I don't know, I think Juventud Guerrero is 95 years old. So, like, it doesn't, like, it's not this, like, oh, my God, he's going to lose. Now, he did say you've got to hit or uh, a spot off the top rope. And, of course, Juventud Guerrero, that's all he fucking does. So, ha, good luck because that's his first. He's going to enter the ring that way. How are you going to stop it? Um, But I'm a little worried now. I'm like, oh, shit, are we seeing the end? Is Chris Jericho going to lose to MJF and retire? Here's where I'll know that's happening. If it's Lance Storm is number four, 
This is the retirement tour. Now. If it's Lance Storm, you'll believe me. You'll be on board. I will. I will. If it's Lance Storm, I could see him beating Lance Storm and then losing to MJF and then saying, I can't do it Anybody who hasn't ever read any of the Jericho books, Lance Storm, like they they went to the training the very – they started wrestling training the same day. Right, yeah. They're very – it was his first – so – of course, Jericho's that kind of guy. Jericho, if he was writing a story, which he loves to write his stories, yeah. Right here. Hey, can I borrow Jericho's that? book? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, by you're the never way, borrowing anything of mine again. No, ever. By the way, got it signed. Yeah. If you're on the YouTube, you can see this. Got it signed by Chris Jericho. You know what Chris Jericho will not do? What? Be on the Spanish announce table. Apparently, remember his uh, agent told us a hard no. Ah. Fuck that agent. It's probably the agent. He probably didn't know. October 2nd, 1990, his first match was against Lance Storm. So uh, there you go. You can check it out. If it's Lance Storm. It's not going to be Lance Storm. No, it's not. Here's what I think. I think what they're doing is, hey, you know how much success we had with Cody Rhodes' open challenge? And we got to see War Horse and Eddie Kingston, and then Eddie Kingston becomes a member, and all these fun things. Well, let's do it again. But if we call it an open challenge, then everyone's just going to compare it to Cody Rhodes. So we call it the five labors of Jericho and we're getting fun matches that way. I think the fourth match will be someone from Jericho's past, but it isn't going to be Lance storm. You know who it's going to be. You told me it's going to be one of his former tag team partners. One of his champions of the world champions of the world tag team champion or the tag team champions Jericho. I think this is going to be the return of Paul white in the ring. We're going to get great Paul white versus Christian. You, you've got to beat the giant. But again, I'm going back to, you know, Paul white is, I think he's younger than who and two, but he's like 84 years old. So, mm-hmm. uh, Oh no, Jericho's got to be an 84 year old man with bad knees. Who's 500 pounds. L- come on, man. If he can't do well, that, then this was the point of this, I guess. But, yeah, but I think they're going to build uh, Paul White as he's in the best shape of his career. He knows he Chris Jericho better than anyone else. I mean, they're going to play all those hits, right? And then he's a seven foot, five hundred pound monster. It's going to be Lance Storm, and then he's going to retire, listen to MJF. No, he's going to beat Hoovintoot. I think he has to do a Hurricane Rana, so that's going to be the oh my god, he's fifty and he can do that. That's going to be the spot. And then I think the fourth labor of Jericho is Paul White. That's what I'm predicting. And then the fifth one, MJF beats him. I still think MJF comes out on top. Yes. Yes. God damn it. This was all for nothing if they don't. Yeah. Well, that's where I kind of wonder. That's where I think it's the retirement. I think he comes out. It's like, man, somebody's like, all right, fine, fine. You get me, but I'm throwing an an extra wrinkle. If you lose, you never wrestle again. Now, they definitely could do that. But again, pro wrestling, how many people have retired, right? I think this is going to be after the five labors of Jericho. I think this is the transition of the inner circle is Chris Jericho's group to the inner circle is Sammy Guevara's group. And I think this is when Jericho may become like a a founding father type member where he just pops in and out and says like, Hey, you need some muscle. I can be that. I would love that. Sammy Guevara leading the Sammy Guevara. I think he's going to take over the inner circle, which would not shock me is if in the fifth match, Sammy Guevara turns heel on him. And then on the inner circle kicks out Chris Jericho or something. That's the fourth labor. Maybe again, we, you know, like I said, I wanted it to be all of the inner circle, but um, man, see, Josephine was really into that. 
Full yeah, throated. Th- that sounded like she was like eating somebody's leg and barking at the same time. She's done that before. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that I'm was aware. AEW Dynamite. Yeah, done it to you. So that was the uh, main event for AW Dynamite Fight for the Fallen. Chris Jericho beats Nick Gage. Uh, this was a fun show. But speaking of Nick Gage, and if you look behind us currently mm. right now, you'll see a very bloody, very beat up, but a victorious Matt Cardona. Woo! GCW Woo! Homecoming Night One. Night now, one, even. They did this on night one. They said, fuck it. We're unloading this on night one. Well, yeah. And this was what we all came to see. This is what we were paying for. Mm. This got the most attention, as it should be. Uh, I watched the entire show. I ordered the pay-per-view on Fight TV. Tim, you watched just the main event. So yeah, let's I had to catch the- it later, a couple days later. And I purposely avoided watching any video footage because I understood. Like, So I got spoiled on who was going to win the match, right? But mm-hmm. I understood, like... Apparently, uh, what I from what I heard, the crowd reaction, they put it on the level of Hogan turning heel. So I was like, okay, I don't want to see it. Like I want to watch this whole thing back through, right? But let's 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 rewind a little bit. Walk me through getting to there, right? You're watching the event. GCW, we know we've been following along lately, is yeah. different in a myriad of ways. Yeah, so it starts off with Starboy Charlie taking on Marco Stunt. So I was already interested because I'm a fan of Marco Ooh, I saw Stunt. this. I saw this. Man. Yeah. yeah. Jurassic Express, Marco Stunt does the little flossing moves. Yeah. Uh, he will take any bump that you ask him to. He's game for a hardcore match. He's game for a flying match. He can do whatever you want. I like him. Yeah. Uh, Starboy Charlie. These are like the two smallest with. guys in pro wrestling today yeah. doing all the flips and shit. Yeah, so I wasn't familiar with Starboy Charlie, so this was my first exposure to him. I was very impressed with him. He wrestled on night two, but Marco Sunk got the victory. A great way to start it off with, hey, we're going to do suicide dives. Marco Sunk, right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, But we're getting suicide dives. We're doing all the fun stuff. Hey, look over here. Look over there. It was good. Athletes. I mean, these guys have, like, between them, I think they have 52 abs. Well, yeah, but it's compacted in like four inches. Right, yeah, it's, it's like five inches of ab space, but it's 52 abs. Yeah, exactly. Five now, inches of ab space match, is a great name for this episode. I like that. Now, the next match was one of the guys that I was the most impressed with, and I actually want to see more of him. Now, he was on the losing end of this match, but it was Tony Deppin versus Ninja Mac. Ninja Mac looking like a trash bag of three-year-old garbage. But he could do all the flips. He could do he, all the back flips. He looked he like wanted. Sub-Zero was working the independent scene 30 years he looked like later. Sub-Zero, right. Well, he looked like Sub-Zero's drunk uncle. Right, that's like, what I mean. Like, it's Sub-Zero working the independent scene 30 years later. You yeah. know what I mean? Playing the same gimmick, but can't do it because, you know, it's 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 trademarked by the, by the WWE you know, by Mortal Kombat or whatever, by acclaim. So he's got to be wear the black instead of the blue, right? And he's overweight, and he's like, "All right, I'll be signing autographs over at the merch table. Twenty I'll make bucks, some ice. Twenty bucks for the headshot, thirty for the t- shirt." 
Yeah. Who wants to see 35 for you triple X? I got triple yeah. X. I got four X. <laughs> I'm wearing triple X. This is what it looks We've like. We've been to but some no. wrestling shows if you want to know. Yeah. But Ninja Mac was so much fun. He was doing about Phoenix 630s. He was I think all over I wrote down I saw, once. You mentioned that, so I saw the highlights of this. I didn't watch this whole match, but I, I pulled up the highlights of this. And this was the extent of what I saw before the main event. Okay. So then I thought the match of the night. Now, the spectacle and the moment and the uh, news was the main event as it should be. But for me, the match of the night and who I think is GCW, I get Nick Gage all motherfucking day. And I love Nick Gage. Nick Gage is the fucking man and awesome. But I think a former GCW heavyweight champion is the real star of this promotion. The RVD as you would say, RVD was to ECW as AJ Gray is to GCW. AJ Gray comes out to Waka Flocka and he's jumping around with the crowd. I think I got it playing right now. Again, I saw him at the uh, at the uh, barn show a couple weeks ago, and he's the best mixture of Cedric Alexander, New Jack, a little Nick Gage, RVD, and then just I'll beat your ass. You know, it's just so fucking good. And he took on this guy Nolan Edwards, who was wearing a mask. It got to a point where Nolan Edwards got so fired up, he just ripped his own mask off and was like, we're fucking fighting. Fucking we're fighting. That's great. Oh, uh, it was I, so I did good. not see this, but I do know AJ Gray from some of the previous shows, and you're right. I mean, the dude is a star. Yeah, it was so great. Then you got, and I may be out of order. I took notes kind of just here and there and stuff. But then, you know, we talked about Chris Jericho at 50 years old doing all this amazing stuff. Then... We get a two cold Scorpio match where this motherfucker at 55 years old, and I think that's legitimately how old he is, does like a backflip leg drop from the top rope. And he's wrestling this guy with, who's like all about being high. I can't remember his name. I think it was like, um, oh, oh, it's Grim Reefer. That's his name. <laughs> Grim Reefer. And the whole match is based off of <laughs> a blunt. Great. Yeah. Well, the whole match is based off a of blunt where Grim Reefer is just trying to get high and Two Cold Scorpio is just trying to beat his ass. And then they kind of share a blunt, but then they go back to fighting each other. It was silly. It was okay, stupid. I've got to go see this like, like as soon as we're done with this show now. Yeah. This is fun. <laughs> and you want to talk about someone looking a little worse for wear. Grim Reefer looked like. Well, with you know, Grim? You know. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't grim. great. But <laughs> it was so much fun. And then, I love GCW. They really yeah. are just different. They're just different. Well, and then let's get into what was a little different. And this is where I found out where my line was. We had title for title. We had uh, Drew Parker and Alex Cologne in a ultra violent death match. And I, I told you this, uh, I think it, through text or maybe messenger. I don't remember, but. I like when matches with violence make sense. For example, when it was Matt Cardona later on in the night versus Nick Gage, it was Nick Gage saying like, this is our world. You're not allowed. You're going to feel what it's like to live with the savages. And so it made sense why Matt Cardona 
would get, you know, fucking razor blade or whatever it was during that match. This match, however, it felt like consensual torture. It just felt like, hey, let's just fuck each other up to see who can last. And that, to a certain extent, just doesn't become entertaining. It just becomes like how Lucha is where we talk about spot fest. Yeah. This becomes on the same, opposite. Same injury. concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. just becomes Look, spots. If it's just blood for blood's sake and it's just like, now I'm going to cut them because like, if there's not a story. Right. And it's not a buildup and a crescendo, same thing. Uh, then it's just doing it for doing its sake. And I'm not yeah. interested. Yeah. It was, Again, I, I got to the point where I was like, can we just wrap this up? Because I don't really know what we're doing. It's just weird spots. That, again, doesn't make sense because afterwards they're like, let's do it again. We're friends. It's like, eh, what? Doesn't make sense. Because I don't Anyhow, just not for me. If it's for you, more power to you. Pro wrestling can be whatever you want. And that's the great thing about it. After that intermission, we got some scramble action. Uh, this Addison Cougar motherfucker. Woo! People do not like this guy, and I like it. He walks out, and you thought Matt Cardona was getting middle fingers, which he did. This Addison Addison Cougar guy got middle fingers, but like not with a smirk, because like when Matt Cardona comes out, we kind of all understand why he's there, right? He's trying to get some street cred. He's trying to get back into the IWC bubble, which is great, and more credit to him. But this Addison Cougar guy, they were like, no, we fucking hope you die slow. Like, we want you to, like, be lost in the dark and not know who your loved ones are. Like, fuck you. Listen, for anybody not in the know, GCW is based out of New Jersey. And there are some characters in New Jersey that are rough fellas, right? Yeah. well Well, this guy is in this group that we'll talk about in the main event. Uh, but before we get there, Addison Cougar wins this scramble. Uh, some fun spots. Uh, one guy got this fucking thing shoved in his head, and he was just wrestling with it still. That was kind of weird, but whatevs. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a little much for me when they go full death match, right? Yeah. I mean, But again, if it makes sense, I'm okay with it. But when you're just like, ah, fuck it, why not? That's uh, And where we had a spot where, ah, where, what the fuck are we doing? was the next match, the GCW Tag Team Championships. It was the second gear crew taking on G. Raver and Jimmy Lloyd. Apparently, G. Raver and Jimmy Lloyd just fucking don't like each other, so it's like a a Tommy Dreamer and Raven as tag champs kind of storyline. And so they didn't fucking like each other. Second gear crew, which was uh, Matt Justice and Mance Warner. Mance Warner took on Nick Gage at that barn show. They did the same spot here where they stapled his fucking tongue to a door and then they threw Matt justice through the door, which made uh Mance Warner rip his tongue from the door. I think this is a gimmick spot. You can't be doing that too many times or else you wouldn't have a tongue, but it still works for me. Right. Pete Dunn fucking cracks those fingers and that always looks real. So uh second gear crew wins your GCW tag champs. That was our tag team titles. That was a fun match, but then here let's get into it. The main event. It was, oh, then we got Effie. Sorry, we got Effie versus Fretman Jaw. That was just a, hey, let's before the main event get you a fun match. Effie's Effie. We love Effie. Um, do we love Effie? I think he's fine. I like um, him. Yeah, I mean, Effie, I think he's got a charisma and the crowd's behind it. Again, I think it's like a, 
It's a roll them out and Hogan must pose kind of spot. But Yeah. I, the thing that I get a little aggravated with the IWC, especially younger members in the IWC, is they love to talk about how fucking dumb some parts of the IWC were. And they talk about, you know, the Godfather and Val Venus and how those haven't aged well. And they haven't. Right. And again, I like Effie for his charisma. But the, hey, let me suck your dick uh, spot in every match that he does, that isn't aging well right now. Right. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not the biggest Effie fan in the world, but yeah. if he's your thing, again, I like that he's pushing the um, pro-gay wrestler movement. That's all yeah. thumbs up and love it. But Another thing before we spots. tear into this main event, too, a highlight of watching GCW, and this isn't just to blow smoke up, the ass of a guy who's been on our show is some Kevin Gill commentary. Oh, dude's got some quips. Dude is an intelligent guy, and he guides that show along. Like he's a professional. He's well, good. and the and the jabs that he threw at Matt Cardona in our mm-hmm. main event, being the doll collector. Oh man, were so that's how he fun. refers to him is like yeah, doll collector, doll noted collector. doll collector, professional doll collector. That's how he refers to him, and it's great. I'm here for it. Yes. Yeah, so we get Matt Cardona taking on Nick Gage for the GCW World Title match. Tim, I've kind of ran through this card uh, a a lot, so let let me me get. Yeah. All right, so I'm watching this, and I I have to go show my son again. 14 watches wrestling enough to like humor me when I'm like, dude, watch this, Um, and know some things from you know from when he was younger. Uh, I was like, watch. I don't think he remembered Long Island IC, right? Like, he didn't remember Zack Ryder, but I was like, all right. So I tell him, I'm like, old WWE guy, watch this entrance. I was like, that's real security. Like, security's really got to get Matt Cardona to the ring because the crowd is in his shit, right? That's the first thing that jumps out at this. They are, security looked like they were almost about to get their ass kicked. Like, he Mm -hmm. needs five, six guys, was it? I mean, like, it was surrounding him, doing the whole pushing out of the way but they're getting knocked over and Matt Cardona's selling the whole thing he's fuck you fuck this get the fuck out of the way fucking bitches like I mean he's the whole time doing the fucking head nod thing loving it and I was like that was intense and then I saw Nick Gage come to the ring and it was worse and he's the fucking crowd favorite and I was like Nick Gage is gonna have to fight the fucking crowd to get to the ring like I it's so intense. And I mean just the the fucking tension in that place. And then to get into this match that is just it's everything. It is the pizza cutters, it's the light tubes, it's the panes of glass. And and Ryder tries to whatever Cardona tries to run. The crowd doesn't <laughs> let him, right? Like he he then is just like fuck, fuck, fuck the whole time, right? Everything that's happening to him, I love that where he's just like fuck and just the whole time. And then, so it started to get weird. Okay, so they had the fake Jericho entrance, right? And it's a nobody, right? So the music hits, Gage gets yeah, distracted. Some guy comes some out. Some guy comes out. And then this next crew comes out, which not watching GCW for a long time, but they're telling the good, they're hitting the spot well. Kevin Gill's telling them enough backstory to know, like, this is longtime rivals, right? Like, or a longtime rival well, coming to his aid, right, against mm-hmm. this team trying to get him. So I'm like, okay, but this is a lot of weird – at this point I'm, I'm worried they're starting to lose me because I'm like, why all this extra interference? But then I get it, all right, all right it's, his, it's his ex-nemesis helping him out, and then the swerve, he hits, gives him the Kansas City punt, 
Yep. Cardona gives him the thumbs up, gives him the fucking the pinfall, and the crowd did something I haven't ever seen. I, I've seen them throwing stuff in the ring before, but not like this. Aside from maybe the chairs in ECW. This, mm-hmm. but they asked for that. This yeah. was, fuck you, I'm going to kill you. And if there was 1,500 people in this arena, he got hit with 1,200 bottles. And this is to to that casino that they do this place. This is why you're not supposed to sell bottles with the fucking lids on them. This is exactly why they don't do that in NFL stadiums. So when you throw it, it won't hit him like a projectile fucking missile. <laughs> Matt Cardona had to hide himself and did his job. He did a great job of getting the spot, raising the title, flipping everybody off, getting everybody shit. But like, he had to run for his life. This it. crowd was going to kill him. And you can see the picture behind us. His outfit was white. That thing is fucking really, his outfit was pure white when he started this match. I can't tell you, I haven't seen anything like this ever, I think, that I can remember outside of maybe some early ECW stuff. Yeah, this was fantastic. I liked all the storytelling. I agree with mm. you. The 44OH, I believe they're, they're called. Uh, Justin will, will fact check us on that. But... um I like Ooh. that. Uh, it went on just a touch too long, right? Because to your point, they're like, okay, what are we doing? Now it's Ricky Shane Page and, and Nick Gage joining forces. Uh, if you recall, it was I believe it was Nick Gage took the GCW World Championship from Ricky Shane Page. Ricky Shane Page, if you don't know who this is, RSP. He had a match on AEW Dark, by the way, which was cool. But he, as a heel, you want to hate a motherfucker. You can hate this guy. Oh, he has a face that you want to fucking drive your knuckle through his eye socket. He is a motherfucker. And so is his group, right? That Addison Cougar was in that group. And these motherfuckers, goddamn. I, like, I get angry just thinking about them. They're so fucking, they're great because I want to fucking hurt them. Um, and to your point, Matt Cardona, the thing that I liked about the whole match is how he went from, hey, side headlock hip toss you know one two kick out to then like i'm gonna throw my first light tube and he doesn't throw it fucking well he does the like half ass and then everyone he did the wwe hitting somebody with yeah well and then he kind of looks around he's like well i've never done that and then it gets a little bit more and a little bit more to the point where you described is he's like i want out and they're like no yeah too bad yeah and then he's like well, fuck me. And gets in there. I love the spot with the action figures where he had an action yes. figure set up, which why it was just so fun. Um, I believe there was even an action figure thrown at him when he yeah. won. Like someone picked up an action figure and threw at him. They uh, threw everything in this place. I, I, it was, yeah. He had to fantastic. use the title to shield himself. It was yeah, insane. I. I, it's so much fun because now we got some stories to tell. Cause one, where does Nick Gage go? Does he go after Ricky Shane page? Cause that's the guy who fucked him out of this. Cause he had the, the victory until then. Or does he say, fuck you, Nick Gage or uh, Matt Cardona. I want to get after you again. Or do they do a triple threat? Because Cardona Cardona's going to be around for a while. It seems he's selling this thing. Like I'm going to be the champ. He went on busted open. He was like, no, nah, I'm going to like help this company. Uh, you know, I mean, oh. become better. Like he sounded oh. like a heel, right? He's like, I'm going to become, you know, I'm going to still make well, somebody better. Oh. Yeah. Let's talk about the post match where he <laughs> takes the fucking GCW championship 
to Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> Are you fucking serious, yeah. man? Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so great. It was so yeah. great. God. Yeah, he tweeted, he's like, I'm staying in a very expensive hotel with a very yeah. expensive and then he, tri- yeah. And he had to give the, uh, uh, the title a deep wash because he doesn't know where it's been and he's holding it up like next to mickey mouse and shit it was just he's the perfect champion oh yeah for that fucking promotion right oh, now. oh god oh oh god gcw that- is is taking the wrestling world by storm and it's and it's, it's just off the backs of this it is an honest fervor they've done some amazing storytelling to get this crowd so hype that they literally might have killed matt cardona if given the option yeah I, I just and I'm I'm already fantasy booking in my head matchups that I want to see, right? So I what I want to see, because I've seen two victories at their last two pay-per-views from again what I've viewed, is I want to see Nick Gage go up against Ricky Shane Page again, and I want Matt Cardona in his first title defense to go up against AJ Gray. Yeah. Like that's the uh, fucking match. Um and and you can catch all this on Fight TV. It's what, five bucks a month? Something like that, right? Yeah. Right? Well, the pay-per-views, I think, are like 12 yeah. to $15, oh, okay. which, I mean, I'm not trying to downplay like, oh, that's, that's still not cheap. expensive. Right. Well, but if, yeah, it's cheap in comparison to an AEW pay-per-view, which is like 50 Um, But if you don't have the money, then, you know, talk to Tim. He'll figure out how you can see it. Uh, yeah, you can always watch pro wrestling somewhere, right? Yeah. Dot com, dot something. I don't know, you know, watch pro wrestling. Yeah. yeah. If you want to. There it is. So... Um, I'm just excited to see what the next step is with this promotion. I'm hooked in. Like I said, I got the MDK shirt because I was hooked with the GCW. And then when he does the promo on dynamite before the match, I was like, I fucking love this guy. And just when he walked out, I'm like, gotta get a shirt. I got to rep this guy. He's my favorite right now. That crowd. MDK all fucking day. That's the weirdest thing is that he had to fight the crowd to get through, but it was because they wanted to love this guy so much. Yeah. And it was an aggressive love. It was like a, you motherfucker, let me hug you, you son of a bitch. It was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. They were mauling him to just touch him. It was so crazy. I thought grown men were trying to kiss him on the lips. Like, it was insane. Maybe they were. They were. I think they were. And not it. Like, I think they were just like, come here. Like, you're my fucking, fucking hero. It's insane. It's insane. Just the entrances alone. I just that's all I showed my son was the dichotomy of the entrances and then I was like okay watch when he wins this match and it's like first of all remember the entrance I showed you see his outfit all right here's he winning the match he goes Jesus Christ he doesn't even look like he has a shirt on <laughs> I was like yeah yeah and then the heat from that crowd I was just like that crowd uh, is like nothing I've yeah. ever seen yeah and if you want a really cool uh, video to watch go to Effie's Twitter account and he shows the backstage run up that Nick Gage takes to get into the crowd he takes like a 15 yard yeah. sprint to then get into the fucking he has to. people he's got to yeah, get a fucking force head start they I literally were shoving him back like no you're staying with us right. you're staying oh, in the crowd with us and another great uh, little note that I loved about this match is how the ring announcer, who I don't know who that is, because the yeah. last time I saw it, it was Kevin Gill. Yeah. But how Matt Cardona was like, you fucking Mark, because then he puts on the ski mask and he's like, represent, yeah. you know, East Block. Because well, I love, at first he's like, it's Matt Cardona. <laughs> like, he's just yeah. like, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, 
everyone hated that guy. And that there was, was a fucking great. like six year old in the crowd with a ski mask on. Yeah, there for Nick Gage. I was like, why is this kid in the ski mask? They had a foam pizza cutter. Like, god damn it, <laughs> fuck. You would never, wow. you could never, without pro wrestling, show somebody a picture of Nick Gage, full smiling, and be like, this is the guy that, like, 2,000 people in a casino hall were ready to die for. We're ready yeah. to fucking kill another human being for. Yeah. I mean, what mm. month are we in? We're in July going into August. I got to say, the spectacle of the year so far is Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona. Insane. This is- and it was, Incredible. again, the 1,500 people in a casino fucking like, conference room. Yeah. Insane. Love and it, it was the love pro it. wrestling event of the year. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely love it. Now, let's uh, let's talk about the pro wrestling event that was not the event of the year. I went to Monday Night Live Raw in this person. Past Monday. <laughs> Live in, in person. Kansas City. I refuse to go. So, okay, I'm, so my here, here's a fun backstory. My wife's going on, on a trip this weekend, right? She's out of town. They're hey. going to, like, a festival in Utah. And hey, I was cool. like, God damn it. I was, I, I, you know, throwing a snipe. You know, it wasn't actually me. Like, we were fucking around with each other. And I was like, yeah, yeah going on another goddamn trip again. Going to go have fun without me and that kind of thing. And she was like, well, you're, st-, you know, I just started a new job for anybody. Um, so I couldn't go on. Like, I would have gone on this trip. But uh, I was like, you know, I was like, Tom's mentioned we got to go on a pro wrestling trip again. Uh, and she was like, well, I thought you guys were going to go to WrestleMania. Like the, it's in Hollywood in a couple of years. And I was like, no, I refuse. I was like, I'm not going to fucking pay anymore ever. Like I don't, I'm not going to do it. And I was like, if they're better by that time, maybe. Of course. Right. Yeah, of course. But I'd rather go watch this. I'd rather go watch ECW than that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I went to uh. Monday Night Raw. Now, the reason I went is because. Uh, I think I've said this on the, on the podcast yeah. before, but my wife is like, Hey, these shows are too long. I'm not that interested. Uh, so I don't want to go, but I will have my brother go in my place. And he's a fan in the sense of he likes uh bodybuilding. So like Braun Strowman was his guy because Braun Strowman's the biggest fucking guy, you know, on the roster and all that fun stuff. Right. Um, so he's like, yeah, I'll go. And so this time around, because we were opening back up, he's like, I got to get out of the house. He has two new kids. You know, one's an infant, one's two years old. So he's like, hey, this is an excuse to get me out of the house. Uh, Do you want to go? And I was like, well, fuck. No, not really. He's like, well, I have a guy at work who's a huge Fast and Furious uh, fan. He just saw the newest one. It has John Cena. Like, he'd like to see John Cena. And he saw that the summer of Cena had John Cena. So I was like, you know what? I haven't been to a wrestling show before the pandemic. John Cena is going to be there. If you saw last week, you saw John Cena and Goldberg and a title change. So I was like, you know what? Let's, let's give it a shot. Right? Like, okay. Right. Maybe we're, we're captivating on that momentum to give us some more fun shit. And Tim, God bless America. I will tell you, it was one of the most boring experiences I've had in my fucking life. This is what I don't get, Tim. This is what I don't get. You had, again, I don't know how long the pandemic has been happening because now it just feels like it's always been this way. But, like, you had 18 months, let's say, to, like, try some things. To get to a point where you're like, we're going to retool the live experience. And, Tim, you still have fucking people making their entrances before... 
the commercial break. And then during the commercial break, they try this new thing where it's like, show us your undertaker face. So it's little kids, you know, rolling their eyes back or show us your Hulk Hogan pose and all that. But then you have like Charlotte standing there and it doesn't make any buckets. Yeah. It's so I, stupid. Like I, that aside, the format of how they do, you know, the format there, is versus, insulting versus versus that is even as we discuss any of the content here, which again, we're not going to go line by line like we did with dynamite or anything like that. But like, I just, I'm upset that WWE is also a little bit enabled and encouraged by some of these fans in attendance. Like, why is anybody? I, I want to talk to the people who are genuinely excited about the Nikki A.S.H. character. That's an adult. Like, I'm looking at a picture right now. There's adults cheering for this shit. And I don't understand. Like, I don't, I don't get know. it. Like, I need somebody to tell me what was said or done in this storyline that registered with them that made me be like, that gave me a smile. Because I don't get it. Not with that. Not with Damian Priest and Sheamus. Not with the fucking tag team title match. Not with fucking Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal light. Not fucking, you know what I mean? The the fucking uh, Alexa Bliss shit. Keith Lee was on the goddamn show. Like, with Karrion Cross. Like, I just don't get what they're doing. I don't get, like, none of this is, like, good storytelling. Maybe the Mustafa Ali story is some no. good storytelling. No, no, no. But it's, I'll tell you what was. It's yeah, mid-grade no. shit. So I'll tell you from from being there, Nikki got a very hey that's fun, like okay. But when Charlotte come out, came out, everyone was like boo. She got the louder reaction just from booze than Nikki did. Charlotte is the story in this. Like she says, she's the opportunity. She's the the uh, figurehead in this storyline. Uh, Matt Riddle was over. Matt Riddle was way over. Yeah. He's um, over. Do you know who else was really over in Kansas City? AJ Styles. There was like six different AJ Styles chants. And when Amos came out, and, and let me say this. Yeah, I get the Amos thing. When he walked out, I legitimately just looked at he's my brother. And I, was, he's yeah, I just was like, I was like, the fuck? And he's like, oh, this is my guy. Like, uh, my brother-in-law is like, okay, so this is going to be my favorite wrestler. I like this guy. He's huge. So, like. The tag team needs to go babyface because they were getting all the cheers. But then, obviously, the number one cheer was John Cena when he came out. That made sense. Whatever. But Nikki was at best, and it only got worse. So she does that backstage segment with Rhea Ripley. They cheered Rhea Ripley more than they cheered Nikki. And then when Nikki loses and then does her promo where she's like, I almost beat you. Everyone was like, well, then fuck off. Like People were like, this is dumb. And then John Cena comes out after the show and just kind of like scoots her out of the ring and no one paid attention to Nikki because Nikki was like doing her like this stuff and we're like, nope, we're all John Cena now. Um, but Nikki is below grade. And hey, you're learning, right? You tried something. It didn't work. Um, but the reactions of the night, uh, John Cena one, Matt Riddle two, AJ number three. There were some moments though. For example, Damian Priest and Sheamus. Sheamus's mask broke, legitimately broke. And so it became this whole thing during the commercial break of him trying to put it back on to the where the ref was helping him. And we're like, fuck you, don't do that, you asshole. You know, obviously not cussing, but like, you can't help him, you're the ref, you know. Uh, and then the other fun thing was Eva Marie's top legitimately broke. 
she it ripped off and so she was clutching her armpits together to keep her top on and everyone was like tag her in tag her in <laughs> no yeah can't. you gotta fuck with um, that right yeah that happened to carmella yeah. recently too i saw online well they're wearing too tight of stuff to be fucking doing athletics in yeah dumb dumb wear one piece if you're doing actual just, athletics you know yeah just wear sports bras or it's just something more sports athletic like but anyhow uh it was boring again i hate the format to the point where that the guy that never been to a wrestling show who just wanted to see John Cena, mm-hmm. when Matt Riddle comes out after they do Matt Riddle, uh, his entrance, he stands in the dark for thirty seconds, and then they do the show us your Hulk Hogan, and Matt Riddle's playing along, but my friend or you know my my brother in law's friend was like, hey, if he's ready for a fight. Like, why would he care about this? I was like, well, he's just, he's in the ring. Now he, you know, the aside from well, him still, is that he's an idiot and he's like, well, but yeah. idiot, he's like goofy. So sure you get rid of, but yeah, yeah everybody but, else is. Yeah. Dude, Drew McIntyre was doing the same thing when they were doing undertaker eyes. He was having fun with that. And it's like, I thought he hates Jinder Mahal. And I was like, well, he does, but like, it makes no fucking sense. It, it's the same tired ass thing with no one over. That's what's insulting. It's no one's over to be doing that shitty of a show. It's fucking bad. And yeah, I mean, you know, I and nothing stuck out to me from like a storyline perspective. Like we're just Charlotte beats her, and then laughs at her, and then Nikki's like, "I almost got you," and then so I'll challenge you again, and Charlotte's like, "Of course you lose her." I'll beat you. I just beat you easy this time. I'll beat you again. She didn't even cheat to beat Nikki. Yeah. What in the fuck are you doing with uh, your champion? Yeah. Becky has that to come back. That was non-title? Right? It was non-title. Why was which it again, non-title? A, well, it's this stupid fucking concept of championship contenders match. That's why Damian Priest beat Sheamus, who's the United States champion. That's why Charlotte beat Nikki, who's the women's champion. Why the fuck are you pinning your champions in non-title matches? But I it thought makes zero sense. she would have... A title rematch. Oh, but they don't do rematch clauses anymore, right? Fucking dumb. It's it's bad. And here, let's talk real quick. Let's break kayfabe for a quick second. Uh, there was a there was a WWE earnings call or whatever the fuck quarterly call, right? With media and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the line of the the conference that I'm reading on Twitter from various people is that uh, Vince McMahon doesn't consider AEW um, competition like he does Ted Turner. Uh, back in the day and he said i don't understand how they're i'm paraphrasing here but essentially i don't know how they're paying their wrestlers hey maybe we can give them some more which is stupid on two fronts and i'll explain why one you just casually said like hey let's just fire some more people that we currently contract isn't gonna be funny which is fucking mean and rude and two why are you acting like the Khan family isn't five times richer than you yeah tony Khan himself has more money than well shad <laughs> Khan, yeah. yeah shad Khan owns the jacksonville jags and a english premier soccer league this is just fun stuff for him he has a yacht bigger than your fucking corporation headquarters you like i'm not saying vince is poor by any stretch of the magic but like the Khan family is a different level than you motherfucker why are you acting like they ain't got money He's just yeah. as rich as, t- as Ted Turner if, was. If back your then. company had to sell suddenly, like they would be the one to buy it. Like that's mm-hmm. how. Yeah, 
This guy, yeah. the Khan family, I know Tony Khan. They could do it in cash probably by the end yeah. of the day. And let's be honest, it's I know Tony Khan runs it, but it's really his dad's money, which yeah. he even said, right? But like the Khan family has just as much money as Ted Turner did in the 90s. So why you just dismiss them as if, as if they don't have any financial backing makes no fucking it's sense. For the image idiot. of it. Well, it's for the image of it for old. people who don't know any better. Yep. God, you dumb fuck. God. Dumb fuck. That's the way he's always been, though. It's about the image of of himself and shit. So anyway, um, SmackDown, you know, I interesting play at the end with Finn Balor. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know where they're going. Well, at. I think that's gonna get at least Roman Reigns and John Cena a collision course without having to do rinse and repeat every single week. So I think Finn Balor is going to either do a match on SmackDown and lose. And then Roman will be like, see, you're just like that loser missionary John Cena, which that was a fun line said. John Cena hasn't changed. He's just like missionary sex all night or yeah, every night. Line. Thought that was good. I love it. Cause he's like, yeah, <laughs> which he's not wrong. John Cena uh, legitimately hasn't changed anything uh, except for his age. Well, you're saying like missionary positions, terrible every night. <laughs> you're like, he's not well, wrong. Yeah, that right? too. But yeah, he's not wrong on that either. But like, um, John Cena is nothing has changed. Yeah, nothing and that's has changed. The biggest criticism about him is nothing. He's been the same guy since '05. Yeah. Um. Edge and Seth Rollins continue their stuff. Seth Rollins is putting in amazing work, but it just still feels kind of hollow. I don't know. Here's the thing I'll say about Edge. I think at one point we were like, you know what would be fucking cool is if Edge came back. And Edge came back and we're like, you know what? It's not that fucking yeah, maybe cool. maybe it ain't that cool. But here's why I say that. I think babyface Edge where you gotta have grit and I got crazy eyes, that was never the fucking Edge that got over. Right. Remember when Edge tried to take out each member of Evolution and yeah. everyone was like, no, get the fuck out of here. Rated R Superstar Edge is the one that got over. That's the Edge that needs to be beaten up John Cena or, you know, babyface Big E. That's yep. the guy we like. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, what happened on NXT? Anything cool? Oh, Samoa Joe's going to wrestle now. Well, but we knew that, right? Yeah, we like, knew that. But here's the thing. You fucked yourself in the foot because you said Carrying <laughs> Cross is your big, bad, undefeated champion, so he's going to face the main roster Samoa Joe, but Carrying Cross can't even beat Jeff Hardy in two minutes. And his only victory is Keith Lee, who's the NXT guy. So he hasn't proven that he can beat a fucking main roster guy. So why would we think he could beat Samoa Joe? You fucked yourself in the foot is another great. Fucked yourself in the foot. Episode title contender. Um, Dakota Kai turned on Raquel Gonzalez. You think we're getting uh, Dakota Kai winning the title? I don't know about that, but Raquel sold that kick to the face really well. She fell like a sack of shit. I don't see anybody sell a kick like that since Fuego del Sol. Yeah, uh, actually, it was the it was the other way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, ooh, Imperium getting the win over Hit Row. I don't know that. I, yeah, I love Hit Row. No, yeah, Hit Row should be the coolest fucking people. They should be what the elite are in AEW, where not necessarily heels, but like you know, how fucking cool we are. We're gonna rap as we walk to the ring or yeah. do something. We're gonna like make that. light of everything you are about because we're cooler than that. Exactly. Yes. They need yep. to be that, not be losing to fucking stiffs from England. And then we're really going to try. We're really going to try really hard this time to light that Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole feud 
and get it going. We're really going to give it a strong go this time. I mean, what other match can they do? Yeah. Because, again, well, it's Thick Boy's be leaving, I guess, right? Thick Boy's going to go up to main roster, it seems like. Why, and lose to fucking Cedric Alexander? Yeah. Um, yep. Fuck. That's exactly uh, right. Yep. No, lose to, you know, the Uso one. Uso one. But, but my thing with... With with the O'Reilly and, and Cole match is it's gonna be fun. Like the night of, if you were to yeah, have like if, if I were to have my brother in law watch O'Reilly. that one, yeah, yeah. If if I show that to my brother in law, he's like, I want to see more of that. I'm like, well, you have. no, you don't. Like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We have. You don't want to go back. I just don't know what you want to see more of it, do. but you don't want to see the more of it that they've already done. Yeah, exactly. Because I think they thought they had, because they did, they had magic in a bottle with Gargano and Ciampa, and they think, hey, let's just use that same formula, but this one doesn't hit like that one yeah. did. So, all right, so let's sum up this week. If I told you uh, <clears throat> the very start of coronavirus, the NBA shuts down, WWE pulls out of crowds, right? Like, they're doing all that stuff. If I said, hey, when we come out of this, in, well, not that we're out of it, you know, if we start doing crowds again. We're going back, you. In We're summer of wear your fucking mask. In summer of 2021, the main event of the weekend is going to be Zack Ryder against a guy who robbed a bank with like half a front tooth in a in a fucking casino 1200 <laughs> seat venue. He's going to be the talk of wrestling. Real, yeah. yeah, and he's not even on real pay-per-view. It's on yeah. an app pay-per-view. Yeah, like I said on Fight TV would have been the the talk of the town. You wouldn't have bought it with the world of strange. MDK all motherfucking day. day. So buy her shirt, buy our shirts, which you can find the link to the shop now at SpanishDownsTable.net. It's on Zazzle.com, but you just go to SpanishDownsTable.net. You see the shop now button. Buy our stuff and tune in next week. And hot damn, I don't know. I feel like some pizza. What do you think? Yeah, let's get some pizza cutters. The Spanish Announce Table.